Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news and agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning. It's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. You've got Jill Welke here. We've got uh, Bob is on vacation. So, you know... When you're on vacation, you get to do what you want to do, and and we just keep holding up all the stops to keep things going here, from uh, writing the scripts to trying to get out and about. Um, today, I'm going to the Energy Fair down in Osseo. I'm pretty excited about that because it's supposed to be a whole lot of new technology that's going to be happening, and I think that sounds like it'll be very interesting to me. And we're, today we're going to be talking about the World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates. That report comes out tomorrow, and I have the, the uh, expectant numbers that are going to be coming out. And UW River Falls is, is set to reopen their dairy plant on Friday, October 20th. And that's pretty exciting because it's been closed for... Oh, about five years just because the equipment was out of date. And <clears throat> in one, I always like to do something that's a little bit um, related to kind of the school thing or just to anybody that might care. And I'm going to talk school lunch program and how many mil, how many billion, get that billion meals they've served since 1971 and now that was before i went to school so that's a lot of meals served out to their those kiddos and uh i've got a special guest in the studio this morning i've got alex jackson he's from kadat go ahead and say good morning good morning you need to get the microphone closer to your mouth good morning (laughs) and how come you're in the studio this morning uh, I have to do an assignment where I go and see what other people do, and I was very interested in seeing what you guys do here. Well, I look forward to getting a few more words out of you as we go along this morning. Uh, we need to get some of those chores done before we can hit more of the farm show. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time for our first look at weather this morning. With our 13 first alert weather, right here in Eau Claire, we're sitting at 39 degrees. Today, we're going to 
Roll on up to 59 degrees with partial sun. Tonight, 42. Tomorrow, 55. Breezy with a chance of rain. Tomorrow night, 45. Friday, it might be a little bit of a dicey day. 49 is the high with rain likely, and it's an alert day. We'll hear more from Mike Dandrion what that all means. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, low 50s with partial sun with a small chance of rain on Saturday. And that's our first look at our weather for this morning on the Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Other things we're going to be hearing from, Jim Mulhern. Pam had the opportunity to talk to him. He's the current CEO of the National Milk Producers Association, and he was down at World Dairy Expo. We'll hear about the farm bill and those uh, FMMO talks, federal mark, milk marketing order talks. Uh, they were in Carmel, Indiana, and they're st- I think they're still working on them. I need to do a little research today and find out a little bit more. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's 5 o'clock, and it's time to hear our national news. If I can get my buttons working right this morning. Okay, and I'm not hearing it. Well, you know what? We're going to go on to do some more chores. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's kind of looking like we don't want to hear the national news this morning. So I guess we're just going to slide on by and maybe I can get it to work a little bit later. Well, we need to look at our temperatures for around the area. Here in Eau Claire, 39 degrees. Medford, 41. Rice Lake, 38. Wausau, 42 and cloudy. Green Bay, 44 and cloudy. Marshfield, 43. La Crosse, 37. Madison, 44 and clear. Milwaukee, 50 and cloudy. And Toma, 32 degrees right now and the weather today 59 with partial sun and tonight 42 and that's our first look at our 13 first alert weather and it's time to keep moving on with the farm show and we're going to have our first look at our markets for those who work in acres not in hours wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report well it's our time for our first look at our markets and I think I might have the buttons figured out. If not, we'll wing it. So our cash livestock choice fed beef steers are 174 to 184 and a half with Mike mixed at 134 to 173. Choice fed beef heifers are 174 to 185 and a half with mixed at 120 to 173. Choice fed Holstein steers are 157 to 153 with select and silage fed steers at 129 to 156. Cows are 71 to a dollar with a top of 128. Bulls are 102 to 124. Butcher hogs are 27 to 78 with sows at 22 to 29 and boars at 12 to 15. New crop market lambs are 145 to 184 with feeder lambs at 60 to 180. And sliding on over to our futures markets, our live cattle, those are trending downward again today. For October, 182.57, up 20 cents. December, 185, down 35 cents. February 189.32 down 30 cents and April 192.40 down 40 cents. And our feeder kettle markets are mixed. For October, 247.95 
up a dollar five. November two fifty thirty five up seventy cents, and January holding steady at two fifty one eighty five. With March at two fifty four seventy five, down sixty seven cents. And our lean hog carcasses, those are trending downward today. For October eighty one ninety five, a down two cents. December seventy one forty two, down a dollar five. February seventy five seventy down ninety seven cents, and April eighty one eighty two down sixty seven cents. And rolling on over to our Chicago Board of Trade, December corn four eighty five holding steady from yesterday. December oats four oh eight down a penny. November soybeans twelve sixty nine down two and a half cents. December soybean meal three hundred seventy seven dollars a ton up a fraction. December wheat. 557 down a penny and a half and our cheese markets barrels 161 up three and a quarter cents 40 pound blocks 170 and a quarter no change from yesterday and our gray double a butter 348 down two cents and our class three milk futures for october 1685 down three cents november down 17 cents to 1733 december 1759 down a dime January 1792 down six cents and February 1808 up three cents and holding steady into September. Now we've got to do a few more chores and then we're going to hear our Allied Cooperative Program. And we've got a new voice on there. Pretty interesting. On this Wednesday morning, it's time for a word from Allied Cooperative. I've got Katie Hale. She's crop consultant at Pest Pros, a division of Allied Cooperative. Well, to start us off, what is Pest Pros? So Pest Pros is a division of Allied Cooperative that's located in Plainfield, Wisconsin. We are the only location that kind of does what we do within Allied. In the summer, we are crop scouting. So we are looking at all of the vegetable crops that are grown in the central stands in addition to all the row crops. Um, and canning crops, and then fall and spring, we are soil sampling, so we can either do composite or grid sampling, and with that, we can make variable variable rate recommendations for lime and for fertilizer, um, and we also have a nematode and verticillium lab here at our location in Pest Pros, um, and verticillium and nematodes are both microorganisms that live in the soil that can greatly affect potato crops. So we test for those and are able to give recommendations for fumigates and for the upcoming potato season. And I do realize that we are into the fall and the harvest season. What are you guys really busy with right now? Right now, we are in the thick of soil sampling. Um, So we have long days out on a four-wheeler and we're taking soil samples that then get sent to a lab to be analyzed for nutrient content. Um, And so there's a lot of soil sampling going on, a lot of lime recommendations being made, and then our lab is really busy um, specifically with the SCN program, which are soybean cyst nematodes, because as fields are being sampled for fertility, we can also pull SCN samples. Um, And every soybean grower in the state gets four free SCN samples through their soybean checkoff dollars through the Soybean Marketing Board. Sounds to me like you're awfully busy out in those fields from the start of planting all the way through growing season and the harvest. 
and you can't be doing this all on your own, I heard you have an internship program. How many interns do you hire every year? Yep, so we like to shoot for um, 12 to 15 interns just at our Pest Pros location each summer. Um, and our, we can take interns a little bit in the spring if someone's looking to start a little bit earlier, and then we can offer it all the way through the fall if people are interested in soil sampling as well. Um, but just our location is 12 to 15 interns, and the rest of Ally probably has about 12 to 15 internships available as well on their own. Well, in this internship program, do they get to go out right with you and learn and then get a little independence after that? Yes. So specifically at Pest Pros, the way we like to kind of gear our internships is um, in the very beginning, we kind of do like a crash course because we do look at so many different types of crops, um, and every crop has their own set of diseases and insects that affect them. And so in the very beginning, we do like a few-day crash course just on everything, kind of just to give an overview. And then the way our season lays out actually works out perfectly because as we start to look at crops in the beginning when they're first planted, there's a lot of weed identification um, and just getting the hang of scouting routes. And so usually interns are paired up with a crop consultant or an experienced intern who has been here for a year or two. And so we're looking for weeds, weed identification, so we can make herbicide wrecks. And then as everyone kind of gets more comfortable, um, insects start to kind of come in. So then we're learning all the different insects for every crop. Um, and then kind of as insects, insects start to die down a little bit, and we've been doing some insecticide sprays, diseases start to set in in mid-July, August. And then so everyone is kind of learning the diseases as they come in. So it's not one big wave of everything. Everyone's kind of learning it as we go. Um, and every day is different. And so in the very beginning, you're kind of partnered with someone who has more experience. And then as you kind of get the hang of things, there's more independent work to be done. So does a person need to have any experience or education to apply to be an intern at Pest Pros? No, no one needs to have any previous um, experience or prerequisites to be an intern at Pest Pros. We kind of teach you everything that you need. Um, an interest in being outside or in agronomy is definitely helpful, but we don't have any hard prerequisites to be able to be an intern at Pest Pros. We teach you everything that you need to know. Well, give me the information on how to apply. Sure. So to apply um, for an internship at Pest Pros or any location with an Allied, you can go to our website, which is www.allied.coop, um, and you can look under Job Opportunities, and you'll find our Internships tab, and you can fill out an application through Paycom. If you are interested in Pest Pros specifically and would like to talk to someone, you can call Kelsey Miller at 608-403-7199. If you're interested in any uh, internship with an allied, you can give Gina a call at 608-339-5495. Well, that's our Wednesday word from Allied Cooperative and Katie Hale. She's crop consultant at Pest Pros, a division of Allied Cooperative. And I'm Joe Welke from Wax 104.5. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time for a little farm news brought to us by Chili Implement. The USDA will be releasing their World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates report on tomorrow. 
Dow Jones survey of 19 analysts expect the USDA to estimate a slightly smaller corn crop of 15.1 billion bushels based on a yield of 73.5 bushels per acre and a smaller harvest area of 86.7 million acres. Western corn producers have had an abundance of hot and dry weather in 2023, but eastern producers have had a more optimal growing season. USDA's estimate of U.S. ending corn stocks is expected to lighten from 2.221 billion bushels to 2.145 billion bushels, the most in five years, if it's correct. And for soybeans, the survey expects the USDA to slightly reduce its crop estimate from 4.146 billion bushels to 4.132 billion bushels, the smallest soybean crop in four years, based on the lower national yield of 49.9 bushels per acre. Soybean yields are difficult to estimate the estimate this year because of the extreme changes in crop conditions over the growing season. Stressful to favorable favorable back to stressful. USDA is expected to increase U.S. soybeans ending stocks from 222 million bushels to 236 million bushels, the lowest ending stocks in eight years. We are going to do a little bit more chores and then we'll be hearing from Pam that talked to Jim Mulhern, the current CEO of the National Milk Producers Association. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Federal milk marketing orders, farm bill development. Now the quagmire about leadership in the House. And don't forget, the government's got a ticking time bomb when it comes to keeping the lights on. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee, the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And all of it was fair game when I talked to Jim Mulhorn, current CEO of the National Milk Producers Federation at World Dairy Expo. As far as the federal milk orders are concerned, he thinks we're moving forward. We're making a lot of progress. I feel very good about the progress we've made to date. This is a hearing on the comprehensive proposal that we submitted to the U.S. Department of Agriculture back in June. I was happy they acted quickly on our proposal to do a, a comprehensive modernization of this important program. We're now through four of the five issues that we have proposed for update, and we have one more to go. Um, we still have a ways to go to get this process done, but I'm really pleased with the progress we've made and the degree of, of consensus within the producer community across the country. It's been very strong, and that, that is a great foundation for USDA to, to move from. You mentioned the four staples that really have to be addressed, and I think for most dairy producers, they agree these are the four criticals. Can you remember them? Well, we got we have five actually. Yeah. So one one is just increasing the uh, addressing the milk component factors that are in the formula. These these are complicated things, so they're not easy to, to describe. But the milk component formulas, we have higher protein, higher solids, not fat content in the milk coming off U.S. farms today than we did 20 years ago, and they haven't been updated since then. We're leaving money on the table by not adjusting those. So that is to, to, this is different than component pricing because mm-hmm. component pricing, we cover that, but in class one, the formula does not capture those higher component values. We've got issues with the um, 
the block and the barrel spread. We're trying to deal with that by getting taking barrels out of the formula yeah. because that's holding down the Class Three price the way with this disparity we've seen between block and barrels. Um, the One of the major issues has been make allowance, yeah. and you got to get that one right. We've got a balanced approach here. Uh, there's not really solid data to work from, so we're saying do this interim adjustment based on what we have surveyed our members and found out what the you know the average costs are, and then get a study from USDA to do a mandatory update. Mm-hmm. The other major issue, of course, is the Class One price surface. Not perhaps as important here in the upper Midwest, but nationally very important to make sure that we get the the Class One differentials. This is the price on fluid milk going into the grocery store um, increased. Uh, to reflect the increased cost of serving those markets, those have not been adjusted since 2000. Mm-hmm. So we're at 23 years on now. We need to, to address those. And what's the fifth? The fifth issue, Pam, is a really big one. Um, it is the return to the higher of as the, the mover how we established the Class 1 price. Um, as your listeners know, until the 2018 Farm Bill, uh, since 2000 to 2018, the mover on Class 1 was either the, the higher of either Class 3 or Class 4. You took that, whatever the, the preceding month's higher Class 3, Class 4 price, and then you uh, added the differential in each market, that became the Class 1 mover. In the 2018 Farm Bill, at the request of the proprietary processors, who wanted, they said they wanted to hedge the risk on Class 1, we went to this new formula using the average of Class 3 and 4 plus a 74 cent per hundred weight differential factor. Well, that turned out through the pandemic to bite us in the backside yeah. big time. And um, so we want to return to the higher of. We've seen the the what I call the asymmetrical risk that dairy producers have under this new formula where it's always capped. It can never go more than a, a $1.48 yep. above the the, uh, the higher of, but it can go much, much lower. And we've experienced that in the last um, three, four years. Um, so we need to get back to the higher of. One of the things I will say I'm disappointed in in the hearing is we've had strong unanimity of opinion in the producer community across the country. If there's one issue that unites dairy farmers, it's been the higher of. Unfortunately, we got an organization testifying at the hearing in Indiana uh, proposing a, a, a modified form of this. And it's a producer group doing it, which I think is very unfortunate because it's sending a very bad message. We need to simply return to the higher of. We don't need to play some games here on trying to split the baby and please both sides, which is what this group is doing. We need to get back to the higher up. We need to do that in this hearing, do it as quickly as we can. We mentioned there's progress. What happens from here on out, though, Jim? How long could this go on? Right now, uh, they're going to complete the, complete this week and go into next week, um, and then they're going to take a pause on the, the hearing. I think come back probably in late November to finish it, um, and that'll be mostly they'll finish up with the class one price right. surface. That's the issue that has to be addressed. Uh, that I think we'll finish sometime in late November, early December. All of that information goes back into USDA to review the transcript of all this testimony. And there's going to be thousands and thousands of pages of testimony. We've had hundreds of witnesses at this hearing so far. And uh, ultimately, USDA will, um, will issue a proposed um, rule 
based on what the testimony they've heard. The step before that, I should mention, is we will all submit post-hearing briefs. So we'll take everything we heard at this hearing, and we'll put put together a, a summary of that and, and tell USDA, kind of reinforce what we've asked them to do. They'll take all that information, issue a, a proposed rule. We'll comment on that. We and others in the industry will right. comment on that. And then there'll be a final rule issued by the department. That'll be sometime probably next spring. And it's that final rule which will go to the producer community, the dairy farmer community, to vote on. And that's the referendum that will take place probably sometime next summer. So with all this going on, and a farm bill also in the works, and now chaos in Washington, D.C., as far as the House of Representatives. Before we address that, had you been optimistic about the farm bill? We knew it wasn't going to make the expiration date of September 30th, but were you feeling like we were getting somewhere? Well, we're making some progress, but it's been really slow. The problem is not so much really on the ag committees themselves. Part of the problem has been the House all of that chaos which you referenced and we can talk more about that that's delayed things we do have some differences the biggest issue right now frankly is um, the lack of new money there aren't new federal dollars to put into the farm bill and that has really stymied the committees in trying to to address all the many issues that are out there i think in dairy one of the good things for us is we did our heavy lifting on the safety net component of the of the dairy program did our heavy lifting in the 2018 farm bill we fixed the program so we've got a pretty good a very effective safety net now we're trying to tweak it some make some improvements but they're not major improvements that need to be changed uh, to our program other programs are looking for some more major changes. Where's the money going to come from? So that's been a delay. Um, I do not see the fire bill getting finished this year. Now, based on what's happened in the House, I see very little prospect they're going to get their people to get their act together. Uh, this whole issue effort to get a new speaker is going to take a while. So we're talking now about a 2024 farm bill, in my view. We talk about the fact that there is no speaker. Now we're waiting for that. But we're also on a ticking time bomb as far as the government operating as a whole. That brings up a whole new set of issues, challenges for agriculture. Would this potentially impact the federal milk order reforms too? Well, it could. And in fact, we were not sure as of last weekend, we were not sure we were going to have a hearing this week because... Last Friday, it looked like Congress, a week ago Friday, it looked like Congress was not going to pass some sort of continuing resolution to fund the government. And we were expecting there'd be no hearing. If, if that didn't get passed, the there'd be no hearing until, and, and, until, until whenever is right. They passed a 45-day extension. Um, that allowed the hearing to take place this week, and we'll be able to continue into next week. Um, but that's only 45 days, and those days are going to go by pretty quickly. Yeah. Now, with the situation in the House where there's no speaker, this is unprecedented territory. We've never been here in the history of this country, uh, which is a sad commentary on, you know, on, on the situation in Washington today. But um, all, everything now, I think, rests on how quickly can the House get its act together, elect a speaker, and then we've got to uh, deal with these issues of funding the federal government, then getting to a farm bill. If those two things happen, you know, we'll be able to finish the federal uh, order process on, 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 a, on a timely basis, but it no does mean the federal government has to be operating in order to do that. Jim Mulhern, CEO of the National Milk Producers Federation, speaking with me at World Dairy Expo. Now, keep in mind, the deadline for the government to find a way to keep the lights on out Washington, D.C., November 17th. 
from the southern end of the world's longest part of Madison. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Here we are. We need to keep moving on. I am having a lot of issues with the buttons this morning. But we are going to be hearing from Rocky Olson and Premier Livestock. He'll be coming in next after we get a little bit more chores done. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, hopefully I've got this right. I've got Rocky Olson on the line from Premier Livestock. I said I think I'm getting just a little bit rushed and I'm trying to get too much stuff done. That ever Lots happened to you? Lots going on, huh? Lots going on. Always. What happened at the markets? Thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. This uh, yesterday's special feeder cattle auction shaped up here at Premier Livestock. Uh, we sold over 600 head of feeder cattle yesterday. The market was lower yesterday, guys. Still excellent demand, although those future markets, lower beef prices, uh, definitely affecting that. Big weather swings here, guys. We're kind of getting for the real type deal here, uh, putting pressure on that market. Uh, really important kind of coming through this time of year about vaccination programs and weaning. Uh, like I said, this is the time of year guys are starting to have trouble with cattle. Uh, so make sure you got your cattle properly worked uh, for top prices. Uh, we were kind of cruising along for a while, but you could definitely notice the difference yesterday. New crop beef calves mostly from 225 to 290. Your heavier yearling types from 150 to 230. Holstein steers lightly tested, very lightly tested, guys. Like I said, the Holsteins, if you got Holsteins, uh, we got demand for them because there ain't many around. But mostly 140 to 185 on the Holsteins, no test on the lightweights. Uh, Bread beef cows also under some pressure yesterday with a lower beef market, mostly from 1100 to 1750. Uh, beef breeding bulls up to 2100. Today, Wednesday, 9:30 a.m. We have our hay auction. Uh, same deal here, guys. Demand for hay is excellent. Um, we like to say we got we need uh, we got a lot more buyers than we got hay lately. So if you guys got hay, uh, we got lots of buyers. The runs have been light. Uh, we do need more hay, so uh, give us a shout if you got some to bring. We'll start with the hay today at 9:30, and then 11 o'clock a.m. We got the dairy cattle auction. Lots of top fresh Holstein parlor freestall cows, spring and heifers. We got one group of all registered spring and heifers. Really fancy there, guys. Uh, if you're looking for jerseys, uh, today's your jersey. Jersey Day. We got two short notice Jersey herd dispersals. Uh, there are long time AI herds. Um, and then we also have a load of uh, fresh two and three year old registered jerseys. They're also A2A2 reputation consigner. Uh, those are coming from GM Sandhill Jerseys. Uh, full list of early consignments on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us at Premier at 715 229 2500. Two weeks to get your machinery consignments in for a large farm machinery auction on November 3rd. Uh, so give us a chance to get it uh, advertised. Let us get some pictures. We know you all been busy with harvest, but we really need to start getting equipment in here, and we certainly don't want it all on the same few days. So any questions, call us, 715-229-2500. And, Jill, that's how it's shaped up. Well, it sounds like you always have your ducks in a row. Yeah. Uh, we try to. We try to. Well, I had a duck that hatched out some eggs, so my ducks are really not in a row lately. <laughs> you have a great day. All right. Good luck with them babies. <laughs> yep. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. We're going to slide right over. I'm working on the slides this morning to Mike Dandrea and the 13 First Alert Weather.
You know, I used to say the same thing when I was a kid at recess. I'm working on the slides. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not very creative this morning. Hey, you know what happens? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different things aside from just slides. But uh, you know what? I'll kind of uh, tie that into our weather today because if you do, well, maybe not you, but if your kids plan on going to the playground, and you too, I guess, uh, you will have a, a great day for that as today will be a very pleasant day overall with a little bit more sunshine than we saw yesterday with highs near 60 and a very light wind out of the east. Now, this is also conducive to any chores that you may need to do, such as raking some of those leaves that likely won't blow around a least for today and get those done while you can because changes are looming later this week as tomorrow brings a mostly cloudy sky highs in the mid 50s and chances for showers going into tomorrow night and we could see some heavy rain going into friday and some very gusty winds that could uh, gust anywhere from 35 to 40 miles per hour we could see anywhere from one to potentially two inches of rain by friday night and even a little bit more beyond that going into saturday morning as some of those showers likely continuing at least into the morning if not the early afternoon with our highs near the low 50s. Sunday and Monday staying right around 50 with a mostly cloudy sky and a little bit more sunshine on Tuesday with highs still near 50. Right now, though, we do have a little bit of cloud cover further towards the east and areas to the south likely looking at a more clear sky, temperature of 39 degrees in Eau Claire. Well, you know, if we wait long enough, maybe that wind will blow our leaves out of our yard. You know, that would be nice, and I, I keep telling myself that, and then I feel like in my neighborhood, my yard is the one who gets all the leaves from all of the trees in the neighborhood, so I kind of need the wind to blow in a different direction. <laughs> well, maybe that's why your house was at a discount. I, I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll hope for the best for Friday, I guess. Yeah, just uh, make sure if you have any plans, just uh, be sure to plan accordingly, of course. Absolutely. Get the raincoat out and... Raincoat out and those mud boots. You betcha. All right. Thank you, Mike. You bet. Have a good one. And that was Mike Dandria from our 13 First Alert Weather. We need to get through a few more chores, and then we'll be hearing from Morgan. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And just as promised, Morgan McCarthy is in the house, and our news is sponsored by Christensen Sales Company. Good morning, Morgan. Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Around the meeting table last night, discussions continued and the investigation will as well as we look a little bit closer. And in Chippewa County, they say the investigation into Sheriff Hakes will continue. That's the verdict there. And Sheriff Hakes has also offered some new information, all of which is posted online. 715newsroom.com, as the sheriff says he's done nothing wrong and the political opponents are who's driving the investigation. As of now, Chippewa County's board will consider whether to ask Governor Evers to remove Hakes as sheriff. Into some other headlines, deputies in Buffalo County investigating the cause of a rollover crash that spilled thousands of gallons of manure. This happened last night near Nelson. Say they found the truck on fire. 63-year-old driver was dead inside. The crash spilled about 5,000 gallons of manure. Crews not saying exactly how long or what the process for that full cleanup is and that environmental issues may be the next discussion surrounding that. In other headlines, an open seat on the Eau Claire County Board is what supervisors are now looking to fill with the county yesterday saying they're accepting applications to fill the term of former supervisor 
Advisor Judy Gatlin when that'll run till the middle of April next year. The district is made up of the town of Washington and parts in the city of Eau Claire. So if you're interested and you want to be appointed to the board, you need to have that application to the county by Friday, October 27th. We have a link online. You want to look a little bit closer when you have some time. Easy click at 715newsroom.com. Well, hello, my name is. It's not UW System anymore. And in fact, that change comes with Jay Rothman announcing that there'll be a new name when it comes to the whole group of schools that we know. They're rebranding as universities of Wisconsin. And President Jay Rothman went on to say that that change will highlight pretty much what the campuses provide across our state. And we think our new name, our new identity, best reflects the collective role our 13 public universities play in the economic and social fabric of Wisconsin. We are the universities of Wisconsin. 13 universities with one mission. And while UW System will remain the legal name, everything else will be shifting to the new branding, and the move has the backing of former Governor Tommy Thompson. And how does this sound? Mr. Sandman, right? And of course, a Wisconsin connection. If you're familiar with this great song and Lollipop, you probably know they were big radio hits in the 1950s with Sheboygan's own Chardettes. And one of the original Chardettes, Carol Bushman, has died at 96. She, along with other Sheboygan girls, made up the Chardettes and of course, rose to national fame with hit records and television appearances. And maybe the Sandman didn't visit you last night. Chores still have to get done. We know how that goes. We head back to the barn with Joe Welke and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. On this Wednesday morning, it is time for our Pioneer program. I've got Ryan Bates, field agronomist for Pioneer. And we've talked so much about the lack of rain for this summer. And that has a real big effect on our stock quality out in those cornfields. What have you seen? The stress of the growing season, really two droughts this summer for the most part, has really stressed that crop. Disease-wise, there's really not much for disease. We did have a little northern corn leaf blight tar spot move in uh, really late that had really no impact on the crop. Even though it was hot, we had pretty good pollination. And then that greenfield period, we got the dry here late August, early September, didn't allow us that plant to get the nutrients it needed, cause it to start to cannibalize um, that stock, which makes it really questionable. But in a number of fields that you go out there and push or pinch that stock, and it, it gives out and it's going over. I know of a couple fields that before they went in the beans, they went out and knocked out a couple fields of corn that the stock quality was really concerning. You know, I think the other aspect of this is the hail we had. While there wasn't disease, I've never seen this many fields I go into that have some level of hail damage in there that kind of stress that crop, maybe some stock bruising as well. So, you know, a little bit of hail combined with that drought stress goes back to the uh, stock integrity. Varieties or hybrids are really showing a difference, ones that have weaker stocks. I'd be paying attention to those fields or products, going out and taking a look at those. You know, you may need to go out and get those sooner than you may uh, anticipate. And the stock quality out there, do we look at varieties too? to see if that has any impact on it? Yeah, absolutely. The hybrid can make a difference in the stock quality as well as the previous crop. Corn on corn, potentially more issues with your stock quality with those products. So, yeah, the hybrid has characteristics on their susceptibility to stock rots and, and you know, racehorse-type hybrids or high-yielding products tend to cannibalize themselves maybe a little bit more, especially under stress, and they're going to give up more. So, you can look at your products and kind of know which ones are maybe more susceptible to the late season standability within product score or books as well. You know, getting out more in the middle of the field is critical. Staying along the edge, just a couple rows in, you may not see some of those 
issues as you would as you get deeper in that field. We're out walking the corn crop with our Pioneer Program and Ryan Bates, field agronomist. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And maybe you guys don't all know because you didn't hear at the beginning of the hour, but I have a guest in the studio, Alex Jackson. He is from Kadat High School. He is in awe of how many times I've messed up this morning on my slides and buttons, but I've got him to read a story for us for our farm news. Hit it, Alex. All right. The USDA's National School Lunch Program has served about 22 229 billion meals since 1971. In the fiscal year 2022, last year, 4.9 billion lunches were served in our school system. Compared to previous years, more lunches were served for our, in free for free or at a reduced price in the fiscal years 2020 through 2022. Mostly because of the free meals offered during COVID-19. USDA also allowed schools to serve free meals through the summer because of this pandemic. Well, what do you think? It's kind of fun to read on the air. It's kind of fun to see all this stuff. Yeah, it is pretty fun. Keeps us interesting, keeps us hopping. But we need to get on to our markets, and we're going to head. It's, uh, it is 39 degrees out there. It is no, almost 14 minutes before, oh, no, 13 minutes before 6 o'clock. Math is hard for me this morning, I guess. And we're going to be going to Altoona Equity and hearing from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers nephers dollar fifty to a dollar eighty two. Choice dairy cross steers nephers dollar fifty to a dollar seventy one. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers dollar fifty eight to a dollar sixty eight. Choice Holstein steers dollar forty five to a dollar fifty seven. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar forty four and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from a dollar one to a dollar fifteen. We had a top of a dollar sixteen. Sixty percent of the cows sold from sixty seven to a dollar. Bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from sixty six and down. Organic market from Tuesday eighty percent organic cows sold from a dollar twenty to a dollar forty eight. Bottom 20% organic cows sold from $1.19 and down. Cold bulls sold from $90 to $1.15. We had a top of $1.20. Thin, full, horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $300 to $510 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $300 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $400 to $710 per head. Our next special feeder sale will be this Friday, October 13th. All feeder sales are live on Kettle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Kettle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Well, thanks, Jim, for that update. And we're going to just keep sliding around and getting more markets in. I've got Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford on the line. You said you got a little bit of a sprinkle last night? Good morning to you, Jill. Yeah, we did. I was, uh, got home late last night. It was just nothing real serious. But, you know, I suppose if you stood out long enough, you'd have gotten wet. But nothing serious. I didn't look in the rain gauge. So uh, you've, uh, you've got a young man there that's assisting you this morning. Are you, uh, is he going to be uh, taking over or what? Well, I might <laughs> be looking for an intern sometime soon. Well, that would be a good idea, you know. It, uh, and uh, well, you, you know, you got to break them in, right? So, did you bring in donuts and stuff this morning? And uh... Uh, I don't usually eat donuts, but oh, okay. I do have a bucket of homemade chocolate chip cookies in my pickup. Oh well, give you can give him the keys to that while we're talking on the air here, and he can go get some cookies. So anyway, well, <laughs> but we better get to business here this morning. Yeah, so absolutely. 
All right, Jill, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. Summary from yesterday, Tuesday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with the organic uh, cow market yesterday. And, of course, folks, we do sell organic uh, organic cattle every Tuesday here at Equity Stratford on the high-yielding uh, uh, certified organic cows for slaughter yesterday, selling from 144 to 150, low-yielding organic cows 140 and below. Now, on the conventional cows, uh, this week we are looking at a steady-to-week trend on the cow market. Uh, high-yielding fleshy Holstein cows yesterday's auction, selling from 95 to $1.10. Top cows so far this week up to 116. Most of the cows this week so far are selling between 70 and 95. Thinner cows like carcass cows below 70. On the bull trade, uh, better quality bulls are selling between a dollar and a dollar 12. Lighter weight bulls a dollar and below. A summary on the calf market so far this week: a mostly steady trend on the Holstein bull calves, selling from 200 to 410 dollars per head. Heifer calves mostly from 75 to 160. Our good quality beef calves very very strong, 350 to 750. Uh, they did top at 780 on Monday. And, um, of course, we'll sell most of the Fed cattle this morning, so we'll have an update on those tomorrow morning. And speaking of today, we are at Wednesday, of course. We'll get underway this morning with our market auction here at Stratford, selling market cows, Fed cattle, as I did mention, also sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves. 1230 will be the feeder cattle sale today. And, folks, we do have a very nice line for feeder cattle, including uh, – some really good top-quality black Angus cattle. So if you folks are in the feeder cattle business, especially those that are in the black Angus business, got some very good top-quality black Angus heifers, also black Angus uh, uh, bulls and steers. And all these cattle are going to weigh in about that 550 to 750 range. So those cattle will be sold as part of the feeder sale today at 1230. And, of course, tomorrow we'll get started at 11 o'clock. Market auction and baby calves. So that's what we have for the folks this morning, Jill. Again, uh, you enjoy the day. And, uh, um, he was mentioning we could maybe get up to 60 today. That would be nice. That would be nice. If we've got a couple days to get our chores done before, we're going to get a lot of rain, it sounds like. Well, it's a, I know, uh, like I mentioned, the chopping corn in the neighborhood here uh, most of the evening last night, so it's got to get it off. But, uh, well, you know, this time of the year it's frustrating because you want to get field work done, but we also need to build the... Uh, Build the water table up because, you know, it was dry for quite a while. So I guess we'll take what we can get. Kind of like in the old country. Can't do nothing about it anyway. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have a All great right. day, Jerry. You too. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. And uh, I will have a comment on that. I dug out some of my plants before it froze, and the ground is still really dry. We need to get through a few more chores, and then we'll have our last look at our markets. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Before we get one last look at our markets, I did pull up the crop progress report and condition. Um, we are a day late on that because of the holiday on Monday. But the corn condition was 51% good to excellent here in Wisconsin. That's up 1% from last week. And the soybean condition was 49% good to excellent, and that's equal to last week. 80% of those potato crops have been harvested, and that's two days ahead of last year and the average. And nationwide, corn harvest is 34% complete, with soybean harvest 43% complete as of October 8th. And that made a huge jump just this last week. We've had a lot of... Feels like a lot of days that a lot of those beans came off. And as I travel around, the bean fields are looking like they're getting harvested. But we need to have our last look at our markets. Chicago Board of Trade, corn for December is at 485. 
consistent with yesterday. December oats, 408, down a penny. November soybeans, 1269, down two and a half cents. And December wheat, 557, down a penny and a half. Our country elevator prices, wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls location, four twenty five and eleven ninety nine for beans. At the Connorsville location, four twenty five for corn and eleven ninety four for beans. Golden Plump in Arcadia, four fifty for their corn. Baldwin, four thirty six and eleven ninety. Duran, four thirty one for corn and eleven eighty for beans. Mondovi, four thirty six and eleven eighty five. Elmwood, four forty one for corn and eleven ninety for beans. Fall Creek. 431 and 1180. Osseo, 446 for corn and 490 for beans. Elk Mound, 431 and $12 for their beans. Sparta, 430 and 1175. Ellsworth, 411 and 1170 for beans. Northside Elevator, Loyal Location and Arcadia Location, 441 for corn and 1185 for beans. At the Ethanol Plants, Boyceville, 435 and Stanley, 446 for corn. And New Richmond, 441. And rolling on over to our cheese markets. Barrels, 161. Up three and a quarter cents. 40 pound blocks, 170 and a quarter. No change from yesterday. Gray double A butter, 348. Down two cents. And our class three milk futures. October, 1685. Down three cents. November, down 17 cents to 1733. December, 1759. Down a dime. January 1792, down six cents, and February 1808, up three cents. And that's our last look at our markets. And we'll take one last look at our weather. Today, 59 with partial sun. Tomorrow, 55, breezy with a chance of rain. Friday, rain likely, 49 degrees, and it's an alert day. So, I think we've got two days to get our chores done before Friday. I think I'm going to be moving some round bales in around closer to my cows. And then in the low 50s, Saturday through Tuesday next week. And that's what I have for the farm show here on Wax 104.5. And remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.